Hello, this is A.R. Bernard, and welcome to my podcast. My objective, it's simple, to create a platform where you can be educated, informed, and inspired as you navigate the intersection of faith and culture. If you have no faith, maybe you'll find it here. So, thanks for tuning in. Right now, understand, we haven't ministered together in like five weeks. I've ministered, PJ's ministered, we've had... Uh, other of our ministers come in. We had uh, Dr. A- David Ireland, who was here last week. How many were blessed by his ministry? And great message. Uh, but now I have to respond pastorally to what you experienced sensationally uh, and spectacularly. <laughs> Praise <laughs> the Lord. And I won't break down those words in that context yet. But we'll come back to it. So before we even talk no, about that's, the prophetic, that's, that's it. we're ready to go there? Mm-hmm. All right. Good. Good. Um, so, as a pastor, whenever there are manifestations of spiritual gifts in the context of the service, all right, I watch carefully because I have a responsibility as the shepherd to guard, guide, govern uh, this congregation, this flock, to protect, correct, direct this flock. Amen. So I'm, I'm watching, and if I have to make adjustments or whatever, and every pastor should be responsible in that way. Um, so in the first service, it was just amazing how spot on a lot of what the prophetic utterance was over our leaders. And I affirm that because I know those leaders. I know their situation. I know their life. I know what they're facing. And for someone who doesn't know to come and speak a word that was so direct, so accurate, You know, that was a tremendous blessing in the first service. But in the second service, there was a larger body of people who came up in response. And then he began to prophesy to some of them. And some of them, again, quite a few of them, I know their particular context. So I'm judging the prophecies, the spoken prophetic word, based upon my knowledge of these individuals' character, personality, their context, their experience, the things that they're going through, their family, their ministry, their work, that I am privy to. Um, And that prompted me to give you a framework to judge by when these kind of things happen within the context of the worship service. And let me just say that that kind of prophetic manifestation of spiritual gifts can only happen in person. Um, So... Uh, I just saw, you know, thought that throw that in there <clears throat> for all of you in your living room right now. But thank you. I'm glad you're here in your living room. But there is a certain element of experience that only takes place in person. Mm-hmm. That's a reality. That's a reality. And that's why the gathering is so important. And the scripture says, forsake not the gathering of yourselves together as a matter of some were. Uh, that's very, very important. So I want to give you a framework uh, this is my pastoral, our pastoral response to um, the wonderful ministry that took place uh, here last week. Uh, because what we are really going to launch today is a series of messages over the next couple of weeks called Signs of the Times. And you mentioned why that was so important because you talked about COVID, um, you talked about it, 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 political. It's COVID initiated the question, especially amongst Christians, and you know, you know, uh, you know, the rhetoric about the mark of the beast because you had to get the you know uh, uh, 
the Shah and, and whatnot. And then you saw the climate, the political climate, and then you saw the race climate. And then with weather issues, a big hurricane that went from one side of America to the other side, affecting so many different states at one time, which is, you know, it was, it was not the norm. Uh, you know, then you're looking at the uh, whole idea of um, I can, um, people not being able to leave the house, and then you're looking at buying and selling of, of, of goods and products and stuff like that. If you don't got the shot, so you can't go and shop. Revelation yeah, so, yeah, they started pulling yeah. all that in. If you don't got the shot, you can't travel, you can't buy, sell goods, and all, all this other stuff. So people started getting you know, a, little, a little worried and said, okay, you know, what are the end times? Uh, all these end times, and then what does the end time look like? Even to the point where we start talking about the tribulation and all these other things, the rapture, but it started at COVID, and people you know, started asking questions. Yeah, and, and you figure when things like that happen that traumatize a society, mm-hmm. those who are people of faith and have an understanding uh, of Scripture and the prophetic word, especially the apocalyptic word that talks about the end times and things that are going to happen and the signs that indicate that they're going to have a heightened awareness of what's going on and they're going to seek to make sense of it. Yep. And that's what this is uh, about. So this series that we're starting today called The Signs of the Time. But before we go there, let's open our Bibles to the book of First um, Corinthians chapter 14. What you about to say? Right? First mm-hmm. Corinthians 14, and um, talk about the prophetic. Father, thank you for the wisdom of your word that brings to us the right way to approach the world in which we live, the times in which we live, and the things that affect our culture as well as us individually and personally. Touch our eyes to see, our ears to hear, and our hearts to understand. We ask in Christ's name. Amen, amen and amen. Praise the Lord. So any, anytime you're going to study the word, you pray, right? Mm-hmm. That the Holy Spirit will touch your mind and your heart and your understanding. So I want to give you a framework and also set your attitude towards these things. Your attitude is your intellectual and emotional uh, disposition. So when we're talking about setting your attitude, you're talking about setting your intellectual, how you're thinking and reasoning these things and how your emotions respond, all right? And this is good because a lot of people, especially younger generation, look at the prophetic as a, it's, it's sus, it's suspect. Suspect. Yeah, you know. It's uh, sus. Yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> it's sus, y'all. Who, no, I, who talks like that? <laughs> <laughs> It's, it's suspicious. It's suspicious. Yes. Yeah, I, I, I got that. I was helping them to understand the colloquialisms at play here. And so it's good because as you do this, change your attitude towards it. Like, no, this is real. This is it's still happening. It's, it's, it's legit. Like, you know, we tell the young individuals, that yeah. it, this is some serious. So please, thank you. Excellent. So we'll talk about this because Jesus rebuked the religious leaders for not being able to discern the times. So that rebuke goes to those who should know, which means that we should live in a prophetic awareness. So we're going to talk about that and unpack that. But first, let's talk about the prophetic gifts. There are gifts of the Holy Spirit. Um, There are gifts of power. There are oracle gifts. There are serving gifts. Uh, When you read 1 Corinthians 12, 
1 Corinthians 14 is really about putting these gifts in order, especially the contrast between um, speaking in tongues and the prophetic, which are closely related. And I will uh, address speaking in tongues uh, because that's another issue where we've had questions. When you see Pastor Jamal on his phone, it's because while we're here in real time, we're getting messages from our team uh, with regard to questions on the chat that's going on that we could respond to immediately. So it's live. <laughs> Amen? Praise the Lord. Um, so the prophetic is predictive to the future. You understand that. And the prophetic was never meant to be reduced to fortune telling. And unfortunately, too much of that goes on. So people don't want to hear what the word of the Lord is. They want their fortune told. They want to, who am I going to marry? What's going to happen to me next week? What's going to happen to me in six months? That is not the prophetic. What's her name? The lady Calme. Uh. <laughs> Can we all remember that lady? What's her, what was her name? <laughs> yeah, Miss Cleo. <laughs> That's what they want. Miss <laughs> Kid, call me now. Go. <laughs> I forgot her. Isn't she off the air, Miss Cleo? Yeah, now, because she was a scam. She's dead. She's a scam. Yeah, she didn't see that coming. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> Pray for your pastor. <laughs> So we want to give you a prophetic framework <laughs> um, as, as, you, as, as, as you encounter these things, whether the manifestations here, whether they're personal, because someone can come up to you and say, the Lord gave me a word for you. How do you respond to that? All right? And we want you to respond biblically with a solid framework. All right? So uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 14 is really Paul straightening out a lot of confusion that took place in the church in Corinth uh, over spiritual gifts and spiritual manifestations, especially the issue of speaking in tongues versus the prophetic. So he, de he dedicates this whole chapter here, chapter 14. So verse 1 begins with this, and I'm reading from the English Standard Version. Um, verse 1, pursue love and earnestly desire the spiritual gifts. And the word gifts is charisma, all right? The Holy Spirit's movement within an individual towards certain things. And remember, the gifts are not for the person that God is using. It's for the people that God is trying to minister, use that gift to help. Yes. Too often we think a spiritual gift is designed to make us look spiritual or special or or. or place that at a certain altitude of spirituality, <laughs> you know, and that's not correct. It's healing is not for you. It's for the people who need healing, the gift of healing. So we have to put it in right perspective. All right. So pursue love and earnestly desire the spiritual gifts, especially that you may prophesy. So prophecy is held in high esteem. Why? Because essentially the prophetic is geared more towards the collective body than the individual. And this is what Paul expresses here. You've heard me say again and again that the prophetic is predictive to the future, right? But analytical to the present. But I want to expand that definition 
uh, here today as we, as we look at it. Verse 2, for one who speaks in a, in a tongue speaks not to men but to God, for no one understands him but he utters mysteries in the spirit. We're going to break all that down. Uh, on the other hand, the one who prophesies speaks to people for their upbuilding and encouragement and consolation. Edification, exhortation, and comfort is another purpose for the prophetic. So the prophetic is not just predictive to the future, predicting future events, and analytical to the present, analyzing the social, spiritual, moral, political environment, and then hearing from God to speak into it, which is what Jesus did. But it's also for edification, to build up the body of Christ, to also uh, encourage, to also... um, provide a sense of comfort, and we're going to break these words down. So let, let, me, let me go to the breakdown, and that's where we'll start. Praise the Lord. So again, the prophetic, um, Paul says what? Pursue love. And why does it begin with love? Because the prophetic can, because the prophet calls out what's wrong. The prophet points to sin. And if you do that in a way that's abusive, abusive of your power of words and communication, you can turn people off. So they won't hear that prophetic word just because of the attitude in which you, with which you approach them. Mm-hmm. Got it? So the prophet speaks the truth, pointing out sin and issues within the context of the society or the individual. But it must be spoken in love. So what does Paul say here in the context of spiritual gifts or prophetic? He says, pursue what? Love. Love should be foundational to the use of spiritual gifts. So you're trying to help people. It is to be constructive, not destructive. So when people come to you with a prophetic gift or a word from the Lord, you know, check their attitude. That's why humility is essential and foundational to the exercising of gifts of the Spirit. Mm -hmm. Because you think about the person more so than your authority and power. So people come to you in a certain, in the wrong spirit, check them. All right? And God will deal with them if that was a legitimate word because they were misrepresenting him. They should come in love. Love is the desire to benefit the one loved, right? At the expense of self. Love desires to give, to heal, to comfort, to strengthen. All right, so pursue love and desire spiritual gifts. So spiritual gifts are to be desired. All right, so we are to be open to prophecy, not reject it, because there's some in some churches and some particular doctrines that reject these spiritual gifts and say that they died with the last apostle. Mm -hmm. All right, but I've seen the power of God manifest in these gifts, and that's why our orientation here at CCC is Pentecostal, charismatic, as well as evangelical, because we don't deny those things. We are very serious about those things. We respect and reverence them, so we don't let them go wild. Mm-hmm. Yes, there is a framework in which we live and, and, and function, and the Holy Spirit can override that anytime he wants. <laughs> Amen? Amen? We create order, all right, so that the Holy Spirit can come and disrupt that order anyway at any point within the service. So, as I said, prophecy is predictive to the future, analytical to the present, but also it speaks a word of edification. 
And to edify or to build up means to strengthen and confirm what God is doing in the life of that assembly or in the life of that individual. That's important because if the prophetic comes to you and the prophet speaks something that you don't bear witness with, all right, that is not confirming what God has already said to you or that you're experiencing, then you have the responsibility to check that. And we're going to get to that text where we have responsibility to weigh it if it's foreign. So the prophetic as, uh, as edification comes to confirm and affirm what the Spirit of God has been speaking into your life. Very, very important. I've seen people run off with a prophecy that had nothing to do with what God has been doing with them. All right. And let me, well, we'll get to that. And they run off and make a wreck of, of their lives. So... It's, it's, it's to confirm what God is doing in your life or in the life of a body, such as a church. Uh, it's also uh, exhortive, exhortation. And exhortation is when the Spirit of God, through the prophetic, summons you to a place of service. It's a call. It's an acknowledgement that God's confirming, look, this is where you need to go. This is the next season of your life, the next step of your life. And that happened right here in the front, especially in the first service with our, with our elders and ministers. All right, so it confirms or calls you to another level or season of service to the divine will. And lastly, the comfort, which means to ease grief or stress. Because when God affirms something, it releases the stress that you've been dealing with, wondering whether this is God or this is not. Mm -hmm. All right, last week in the second service, uh, when Dr. Ireland approached B.B. Winans, and said that, you know, spoke a word over him, but then spoke specifically to him and said, there is, I'm, I'm praying for your stomach, God is healing your stomach right now. All right, so when B.B., you know, came back to, to, the, to the seat, he said to me, I know there's a Jesus. I said, that's B.B. Winans, right? So I said, what are you talking about? He said, that pain in my stomach appeared two weeks ago, and I had to be rushed to the hospital. Nobody knew about it. So the prophetic was bearing witness to what was going on and speaking a word of comfort in the distress that God was healing. Got it? So that's, that's very, very real. So um, Paul emphasizes also, Paul emphasizes that the prophetic is mostly to edify the collective body of believers as opposed to the individual. So 1 Corinthians 14, 5 says, now I want you all to speak in tongues to experience that even though everyone doesn't experience that, even more to prophesy. The one who prophesies is greater than the one who speaks in tongues unless someone interprets so that the church may be what? Built up. So what is Paul's concern? He's concerned about the whole assembly and not someone just going off on their own, experiencing all by themselves without it blessing the assembly. So spiritual gifts in the context of the worship service is more about the collective body being ministered to and strengthened and built up and not people going rogue uh, in, that, in that context. And notice what he says. Tongues plus interpretation equals prophecy. Mm -hmm. So there is tongues, which is personal edification because you're speaking mysteries to God, all right? But then when those tongues are interpreted, it now becomes a prophetic utterance for the entire assembly. And Paul said that is critical to the experience of these things. Um, in 1 Corinthians chapter 14, verse 24 and 25, 
But if all prophesy and an unbeliever or outsider enters into the service, or is there in the service, right? He's convicted by all. He is called to account by all. The secrets of his heart are disclosed, and so falling on his face, he will worship God and declare that God is really among you. So Paul was saying the prophetic demonstrates the power and presence of God, demonstrates the reality of God. So when you're in a situation and the prophet reveals certain things, so the prophetic will uncover secrets about your life, not to embarrass you, but it could be a point of correction, a point of affirmation, whatever it is. But the prophetic will, especially with the word of knowledge, open secrets in your life. And that is, that is real. So when someone who is an unbeliever is, 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 is in the service and they see that, they witness that, they're realizing, hey, wait, God is real. This is, this is real. Nobody could have known that. So that is another aspect of the prophetic that it reveals secrets in your heart. Uh, and here is very important, 1 Corinthians 14, 29. Let two or three prophets speak and let the others weigh what is said. Don't you ever feel that just because the, 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 the prophetic is, is representing God that you don't have the respo responsibility to judge that. You have a responsibility to judge. You have a responsibility to weigh prophetic utterance, to get confirmation that it is indeed the Spirit of God at work. If that were not true, the Bible wouldn't warn us about false prophets who prophesy imaginations of their own heart and claim to have heard from God but are speaking the imaginations of their own heart. So we have a responsibility to judge, to weigh. So if someone says to you, oh, the Lord gave me a word. Wonderful. What do you got to say? And they share it with you. You now have to weigh that. You don't just take it and run with it. And then want to blame God when it doesn't work out that way. You have a responsibility. Amen? Amen. Turn to your neighbor and say, he's talking to you. You better listen. <laughs> I want to throw a wrench in this because I'm looking at it. There's five minutes left. Oh, man. I can't go into signs of times. So could we stay here? And because somebody asked, <laughs> isn't a median operating under the same gift? Absolutely not. So, <laughs> so I'm going to throw, 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 throw this out there. I was, we, got, we got four minutes. So. I was on the Dr. Oz show <laughs> with, with the, 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 was it the Long Island medium? Yes. And I enjoy situations like that. So we're in the green room, you know, and she felt this need to just start spilling out her credibility. So she talked about when she was in church, going to church. She found that she had this gift in her, but it was not affirmed by the apostolic leadership. So she left, all right, so that she'll have the freedom to follow that gift which meant that because of her lack of submission, it led her into a realm of spirituality that she had no guide, no framework, no biblical accountability for. And she became the Long Island median. So now she's dealing in the realm of spiritual forces and spiritual entities that she doesn't realize, uh-oh, I'm gonna get in trouble for this, this is public, <laughs> uh, are, are using her. And these are called familiar spirits who will impersonate 
a loved one because in the spirit realm they know they our history they, they communicate talk. they talk right they talk <laughs> they know your history they know things about your family or whatever all right so they're going to communicate that and it will seem like it's from god all right but just because all right they identify certain aspects of your life and people in your life does not mean that you now say that that's god all right? That's why you have to know the scripture. The scripture is the standard by which we judge truth or anything that presents itself as truth. You've got to know the Bible, folks. Uh, that's that's, that's responsibility. So, yeah, no, that is, that is not God. Uh, and, you know, there are spiritual forces at work and giving information. In fact, that's one of the problems that God addressed in the Old Testament in the book of Genesis, when there were violations, where certain fallen angels began to trespass into the realm of humanity and begin to try to give access to information that was forbidden. That's why when Paul experienced being elevated to the third heaven, 1 Corinthians chapter, 2 Corinthians chapter 12, he said that he heard things unlawful for man to utter, mm -hmm. which means that everything that is in the spiritual realm, certain knowledge, is not to be released into the human existence and the realm of humanity. So God puts a boundary on information. Yes, yes. But the devil will try to, to present ways to access forbidden information and then cause you to pay for it. Mm -hmm. That'd be $25, please. <laughs> and, and the reason why this is so key because there are Christians out there that will, will don't see the, what, anything wrong with visiting these tarot cards and these medians to go and speak to them. And I'm like, no, there's something wrong with that. You're in you know, serious you're, violation. You're in violation. You're in yeah. violation. And Look, my, my question is, where's your, where, where are you anchored in? Yeah, which means that you're looking to trust in something and someone other than God. So you're replacing his authority in your life. And remember, that's why the Holy Spirit is called the Spirit of Truth. Yes. You're not going to get truth anyplace else from, except from the Spirit of Mm, please say it again. And remember, Jesus called the devil yes. a liar. So all of the entities that work for him yes. are coming from a framework of lying and deception yes. and falsehood. That's good preaching. I know. <laughs> so uh, so you've you, you, you got to understand these things. And of course, you know, it looks like something good, but it is not good. And remember... The most damnable heresies are those that come in the appearance of truth. Mm -hmm. And there are some lies that hide in the light of truth. Mm -hmm. Half the truth is still a whole lie. <laughs> Turn your neighbors. He's talking about somebody you know. <laughs> so there, there are limits. There are boundaries. God controls knowledge and what we have access to. And when we try to access knowledge that is forbidden we become guilty of crossing boundaries. We become guilty of violations. Mm -hmm. See? Uh, I hope that answers. Yes, that answers. <laughs> that, that answers. I hope you got the answer. Got that on the chat, <laughs> right? Uh, so we must judge prophecy. We must weigh it. And Paul emphasizes that God is not a God of confusion. He's a God of order. Now here's something else. 1 Corinthians 13, 11. Very, very important. 1 Corinthians 13, 11. Uh, I'm sorry, not chapter 11. Uh, not, not, chapter 13, not verse 11, verse 8. 
Love never ends. As for prophecies, they will pass away. So the prophetic is temporary. Got it? As for tongues, they will cease. As for knowledge, it will pass away. For, and this is important, verse 9, for we know in part. We prophesy in part. We're not God. We're not omniscient. And even when we're being used by the Holy Spirit, there's still the element of our human nature that can get involved with that. And that's why humility is important, because you want it to be God and not you. That's why the words of, of John the Baptist, I must decrease that he might increase. That is not just true in that prophetic relationship, but within you as the Spirit of God works through you. All right? It can't be about you. And it's easy for your own ambitions and dreams and imaginations and stereotypes and everything that come into play uh, and, and, and undermine that. Remember, Joe, when the sons of God gathered before the, before the Lord, so did the devil. <laughs> Turn your neighbor. He's talking to you again. Listen you, to him. He just messed a whole bunch of people up. <laughs> <laughs> so we know in part... And we prophesy in part. But when the perfect comes, the partial will pass away. The perfect, perfect will come when Jesus Christ comes, lifts the veil completely, and establishes fully his kingdom here on earth. So our knowledge is fragmentary and incomplete. And that's why prophecy is to be judged and weighed carefully. That's good. I'm done. I'm done. So... We're out of time. I'm going to throw another one in there, though, because it's, 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 it's something that's commonly said amongst certain mainline uh, pastors that if you don't speak in tongues, you're not a Christian. <sighs> Jesus did not say, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whoever believes in him and speaks in tongues should not baptized. perish, Don't forget but have baptism. everlasting life. Don't forget baptism in that one, too. Uh, yeah. Tell it to the, the thief on the cross. Yeah, right? Who didn't speak in tongues, who yeah, wasn't baptized. Yeah, no. Yeah, yeah. Look. Look, he gave us a specific formula that we follow, uh, but God can preempt whatever he wants to preempt. He's God. Yep. All right? He, he writes the rules. Tongues was the key manifestation of the Holy Spirit that they experienced on the day of Pentecost and became a guide for the apostles. So they looked for that. They were able to say, wow, this is exactly what happened to us. So that became uh, a judgment. But to say that that is the evidence of your salvation is not the theology of this house. Yes. No. Not the theology of... This house. But there are some doctrines that if you don't get the Holy Ghost with the evidence of speaking in tongues, then you're not saved. That is not biblical. Yeah, that's why I, I, I told him, I said, did Jesus... You can tell him I said so. I said, did Jesus speak in tongues? <laughs> the only time I, I, I could say that Jesus spoke in tongues is when he said, Eloi, Eloi, lama sabatani. <laughs> my God, my God, why has thou forsaken me? Otherwise, he spoke in Aramaic and Hebrew as far as we know. And there are tongues of men and tongues of angels. Mm -hmm. there, are, uh, there are tongues unbeknownst. I, I, you know, uh, there was a situation where I was speaking in tongues in, 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 in a worship situation. Someone came over to me and said, you know, you were speaking um, my language. I said, what's your language? He said, Indonesian. I said, I don't know Indonesian. But he heard and understood in, in his language. 
The prophetic, you have to be careful. On the way to church this morning, we'll close with this, all right? Uh, on the way to church this morning, so I'm driving and I get a word from the Lord concerning a young man, pastor in Brooklyn, uh, that I'm mentoring. And, um, and I got a word for him. So I'm driving and I use Siri <laughs> to dictate that word. And then I use Siri to text it to him. All right? I didn't know. I was just, that was it. Done. Two minutes later, he texts me back. He said, Rev, you have no idea what just happened. I was closing prayer. Just finished praying two minutes before I got your text. And I was asking God for direction on a very specific issue. And then your text comes in specific to that issue that I was praying about, answering me just as clearly as ever. He said, Rev, you have no idea. So I said, I, you know, I text him back. I said, well, let's talk about it this week. We'll unpack it. But it was a prophetic word. He bore witness. God knew he needed to hear that and hear it immediately coming out of prayer. I didn't know that he was in prayer. I didn't know what was going on, but I felt that that was a word from the Lord to give him, and that's how it released. So the prophetic happens, not just in the sensationalism of a, an audience, but on a very personal level in those contexts. Amen? And I will tell you, the more sensitive you are to this and the more responsible you are with these things, the more God can use you. He can trust you with it. You know, we talk about in God we trust, but can God trust us, especially with his power and his influence? So we're going to have to start yes. with this service, what we started with this last service, about the signs of the time. Next week. Amen. Did you get anything out of that? Anything out of that? Praise the Lord. Minister Misha. Minister Misha with the wrap up and the prayer. Close every service by saying Jesus is Lord, but we can't do that without giving someone the opportunity to make him Lord. Praise God that the devil is a liar, but God's word is true. Praise God that the fruit you bear is based on what you're connected to. Praise God for the power of community in building people up and that when a community with one voice can come together and worship him and come against the schemes of the enemy, Praise God when a community with one voice can celebrate and affirm those who lead them, whether it is a birthday or workers in a new harvest claiming new fruit for Jesus. Praise God for a chosen vessel. I'm praising God for a whole bunch of things today, so just walk with me. Praise God for a chosen vessel willing to preach unpopular truths even if rejection and persecution result. Praise God that behaving does not mean stifling the truth because God's word defines right behavior. Praise God for accountability to both the truth and love. Mm. Pastor talked about the power of the prophetic to predict, to convict, to exhort, and to comfort. Love desires to strengthen, and God's word releases stress. Truth bears witness to truth. We bear witness to his word. God bore witness to Christ, and the world will bear witness to change. And that is good news. The good news is that a holy God so loved a rebellious world that he sent his only begotten son to live a sinless life, die in our place, and rise from the grave, conquering death. And in doing so, he paid the price for our sin and gives us a right to everlasting life. 
The good news is that all humanity will experience God's presence and power. He is not limited to the four walls of the church. The good news is that the Christ and culture mantle that rests upon us here means he has raised up this house as a place of calling, building, preparation, and sending. We're not going to be with you when you're witnessing on your job or in your home or when you have to defend your faith, maybe even on TV, against any number of accusatory systems of belief. But God will, which makes today a good day to serve, to surrender, and to follow him. Romans 10.9 says that if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you will be saved. If you would like to do that, I would like to pray for you. So with every head bowed, and every eye closed. If you've never made Jesus the Lord of your life, I want to pray for you. I'm just going to ask you to raise your hand. If you need truth, I want to pray for you. All you need to do is raise your hand. If you need healing or freedom or hope, I want to pray for you. Just raise your hand. And if you walked with God and walked away, whether because you've been hurt, whether because of, of disappointment, whether because of distraction, whether because of, of, of something, of, of some thorn in the flesh or some sin or some addiction or some trauma that cropped up in your life that has distanced you from God, you need to know today that God is calling you. He's calling you home. And if that's you, I'm gonna ask you to raise your hand too. And if you raise your hand, I'm gonna ask you to take one step of faith. Come, so that we, the church, can pray together for mm. you because that's what Christian community does. Hallelujah. Beloved, let us applaud them and encourage them as they come. Let us come into agreement with what God is doing in their lives right now. Lord, we don't know what, what led up to this moment. We don't even know what is happening in their lives at this moment. All we know is that agreement is the place of power and the altar is the place of exchange. And this moment, we've all been here at one point, some of us at many points, beloved, and we have the opportunity to come into agreement with something amazing, to come into agreement with destiny, to come into agreement with the transformation that God is working. God, Jesus came to set the captives free. There is liberation in Christ. There is freedom in Christ. There is transformation in Christ. Beloved, this is not just a ritual at the end of church. We are bearing witness to yeah, something that has both contemporary and eternal implications. So this should be a moment where everybody in this place should be getting loud and getting excited on, and getting family. on your feet and celebrating what God is doing in the lives of his people. Beloved, this moment is an act of warfare. This moment is an act of victory. This moment is an act of power. This moment is an act of change. We are not just playing church. We are a praying church and we have the opportunity to come into agreement with what God is doing. It does not even appear what God will do. What eye has not seen, ear has not heard, neither has entered into the hearts of men what he will do for us who wait on him, who love him, who expect him. Beloved, expect something good. Expect something new. I'm going to lead you in two prayers. Pray the one that applies to you. Beloved, come and support them. If you're watching us online, the same goes for you. If you're coming for salvation, just repeat after me. Lord, I thank you. Lord, I thank you. For this opportunity. For this opportunity. To open my heart. Open my heart. To your love for me. For your love for me. I acknowledge my sin. I acknowledge my sin. I believe. I believe. That Christ died. Christ died. And rose again. And rose again. To pay the price. To pay the price. For my sin. And I confess him as Lord and Savior. I am your child. You are my God. I will never be perfect, but I am forever changed. 
All right, we're going to do the second one right after it. If you are coming here for renewal, just pray this with me. Lord, I thank you, Lord, I thank you that, every day that every day your mercies are new. I thank you that it's a new season. I thank you for a season of restoration. You said, if I confess my sin, you are faithful and just to forgive me and to cleanse me from all unrighteousness. Today I confess. Today I repent. And today I begin again. Thank you for renewal. Thank you for revival. Thank you for change. In Jesus' name, amen. Now let us worship. Beloved, we have some instructions that we would like to give you. So if you would turn to your left and my right, uh, our minister, who is me, is going to meet you. <laughs> and we're going to head out. And uh, I'm going to share some things with you. So come. I, don't, I actually don't need this. Come with me. Okay. So here's, here's what's happening. All right. We have a little room on the side because this is the beginning of a whole new journey for you. You need to get into a church. You need some instruction and direction. This is the beginning of a whole new life. Jesus said, repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. The kingdom of heaven is not a destination that we go to after we die. Yes, we'll be with the Lord. But he said, thy kingdom come. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. So the kingdom is about the demonstration of God's will in the earth. Now you become a representative of that will. You've got to learn, you've got to grow, you've got to be in community for that growth, and we want to get you started on the right foot. So welcome, God bless you, thank you for this new spiritual journey that you're on, and if you're renewing, welcome home, welcome back. So if you turn to your left, my right, follow Minister Misha out, and then he's going to release you back in. Praise the Lord. Amen. That's all right. And if you came with them, you walked them down, they're a friend of yours, you can go with them, all right, just to give them some support if you need them. Amen. Praise the Lord. Thank you. What chair? Where they were sitting. Oh, oh yeah, yeah, that's right. They may have left their, their, their items uh, in the seat. So, so family, one of the things that we're starting to encourage, especially after seeing a youth retreat, is when we see people get saved, that you take a mental note and spend this week praying for them, right? Some, some of the stuff that we can start doing, being more proactive in how we pray for one another. So you saw the individual standing here. You don't need to know what they're going through. You don't need to know why they were either vaccinated or new. You just want you to pray for them because the journey is not easy, but it's possible. And it's possible with, one, with, with each other doing this together. Lincoln Arms saying we're going to walk this walk together. And a part of that Lincoln Arms is praying for each other. Amen? Amen. Amen. We need each other. We're a community. And we're here to support each other. Encourage people. Give them hope. All right? No matter what. Because you don't know. Like Pastor Jamal said, you don't know what they're going through. You want to be the voice of God's love and his grace as well as his truth. That's important. So were you blessed today? It is always a joy being with you and sharing the Word of God with you and worshiping in fellowship. And congratulations to all of the parents who dedicated your child today to the godparents. We pray for you that you'll be strengthened to demonstrate the Lord and give a model uh, for those God children. So here we are.
father watch them. <laughs> Between me and thee. <laughs> While we're absent one from another. Okay. <laughs> Let's say something good as he leaves this place, but never God's presence. Jesus, Jesus is Lord. Period. Period. We, believe we believe it, it we proclaim, proclaim it, it, and we're, we're seeing, seeing it come, come to pass. Thanks for tuning in to the A.R. Bernard Podcast. I hope you were enriched by the information and or the conversation. Make sure subscribe by clicking the link in the bio to gain more information about me and the work that I'm doing. Again, thank you and God bless.